Are you ready to open your private practice this summer and make the leap into entrepreneurship? Introducing Make the Leap, our new offering by the Successful Nurse Coaches. Make the Leap is a four-month group coaching program that is designed to help you create your first paid client. Join our experienced lead coaches, Sean and Amy, as they guide you through the Successful Nurse Coach Method, helping you create your first paid client in 30 days or less. Not only will you get access to our course that teaches you all the things on how to create clients in a non-icky way, will also be personalized mentorship, weekly group calls, and actionable steps to launch your business from just beginning into the Paid Coach Club. Since we are not running new mentorship groups this summer, we didn't want to leave those of you who are ready to begin hanging out in space waiting for the next group to start. This group is a great way for new coaches who have yet to begin their coaching practice or for coaches who have five paid clients or less. This is the most affordable way to work with our team. So be sure to check out the link in the bio. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby, both board-certified nurse coaches, show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. Today it is Laura, and I'm all by myself in my house with nobody here. We are selling our house and it's starting to feel real. And I'm kind of freaking out if I'm going to be honest, because I love my office. I love to be organized. And I just did this a year ago and I don't want to do it again. So that's where I'm coming from today, coming from big transition and still showing up to work and trying to find motivation. So let's talk about motivation. That's what today's podcast is about. Let's face it. Life lives as entrepreneurs. I think what I thought um, as a professional nurse coach is that you just, you're so motivated out of certification. You're just like on fire for possibility. You're on fire for transformation. And uh, secretly your ego and brain thinks, I found it. It's always going to be like this, but that's not the truth. Even if you have your dream job, even if you have your dream life, there will be mornings and times in your life that you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel motivated. It just won't be there. And um, this podcast is all about that. And let me tell you, first year, uh, you sway between obsessive motivation and zero. And um, I've mentored so many nurse coaches through this pendulum swing, and I really want to hone in on what it is, what we can do, and how to not suffer so much when it happens. Um, and, and lots of tips and tricks that I found to be really helpful and some really honest disclosures about what I do when I'm feeling unmotivated. Okay, before we jump in, I want to talk about our niche workshop is going to be September 8th. I feel like the exploration of the niche of the ideal client, it's what you hear in marketing one on one oh one from any any business source, and it's just such a a pain in the ass and um I see people really struggle with this, and I struggled with it, and you know our our stance on niche, if you don't already know, is that 
your niche can be general until it's not, right? Because your niche will find you. It's going to, it's going to happen to you much more than it's going to be your will and your decision to create it. And it can, it can be a really point of contention when we feel like we should be clearer before we're clear. The truth is, is that you, you coach humans, you help humans. That's, um, that might be the, the extent to which you're able to narrow it down, but we play with different hypotheses and we test hypotheses. And so if you, if you, um, are, wondering what your niche is, or you have like five different niches, or you don't even want a niche, or you hate the word niche, come to our workshop. Shelby's going to go dive deep into this, break it down, and hopefully you'll leave that feeling more confident with what, whatever place you're starting at is the right place. Um, so this you'll feel better after coming to our workshop, and that is going to be September 8th. Also, we are actively enrolling for January mentorship we this is our biggest enrollment period of the year. Um, we take a month off at Christmas, so we enroll January pretty much from now until the end of November, and we only have 34 spots available left. Uh, we might have 30, 33 actually as of today. So if you know that you want to work with us next year, you're graduating now, you're graduating in January or even later, uh, come talk to us. Do an app call with us. We can give you some resources and. While you're waiting for January mentorship to start, you get our course, you get access to us while you wait, and there's no extra charge. So there's a possibility for you to be in our space, in our container from now until December of 2024 for no additional charge. It's kind of cool. Um, so come, come play if you're ready. All right. We're going to go back to what to do when you have no motivation. <clears throat> First, I want you just to close your eyes if you're not driving. If you're walking, whatever you're doing, just take a moment. And I want you to just reflect on the feeling that you get even with the word motivation. Is motivation a positive word? Does it create shame? How do you associate with that word? Because for me... Uh, motivation immediately made me feel like shit. And I'll tell you why. Um, as a child, I was extremely shy, very sensitive. So, I mean, I'm a psychic medium. So no, like this makes so much more sense looking back. I'm so sensitive to information fields and to feelings and to emotions and the energies around me. And uh, I'm also an introvert. So being around lots of people at school, anything, it zapped me because I'm reading. I didn't know anything about my abilities, about how to manage my own boundaries. So if I was in a tumbling class and there was a girl there that was scared, I would feel scared. If there was a girl there that felt angry, I would get anger feelings. So I was constantly feeling a lot of things that were not my own. And this made me exhausted. And I had a lot of days sick days where I really wasn't sick. It was just my nervous. It was like the inability for my nervous system to have any more input or stimulation. So when I would go into these, really these recalibrations for my nervous system, I would spend a lot of time alone reading. I'd be in my room and I thought that I just wasn't motivated. And this, this continued into my thirties, this narrative of, I don't know why, why am I so self-centered? Why can't I get it together? 
Why can't I do what everybody else does? Why do I, I tend to have these um, bursts of motivation and clarity and discipline and then fall off into this abyss of self-loathing and being alone? And I had all these <laughs> judgments around it until I realized that I was just taking care of my nervous system. And I found some other ways to do that. And I'm actually a very motivated person sometimes. And we don't need to be motivated every damn day of our life, do we? We shouldn't be. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, we, they, you hear about the Sabbath on the seventh day that you rest. And I think that's a really great framework of how much we should plan on being motivated and how much we should plan on not being motivated. Like if one seventh of our life, we are doing whatever we want to do that has no productivity associated with it. I think that's a good plan to just start thinking what motivation means to you. So for me, I needed to identify the cause of not being motivated and the cause of me not being motivated most of the time in my life up until now was nervous system overload. And me not knowing that I needed to regulate, create energetic boundaries, and to not have to feel everybody's feels, but just to feel my own. And I'm wondering for you, if we were to identify the cause for you, like if you were to reflect on these times when you're unmotivated, what's the root cause? Because we all have different root causes of these, these times that we're not motivated. Um. Some of these causes are in our control. Some of these causes are out of our control. But how we deal with whatever it is, is in our control. I think that what we can do with feeling not motivated, and I see this in my, um, I'll just use my January mentorship. Hey guys, I'm going to use you as an example of uh, there comes times in this first year where you will feel not motivated. It's your first, you'll get some no's. Or you'll have some ho-hum coaching calls and maybe some life stuff will happen. And then you start to feel overly, like just overall not motivated to have a coaching practice. And then you feel guilty about having those thoughts. You think something's wrong with you. You're trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Why can't I motivate myself? And then you beat yourself up and then it's negative self-talk and then you spiral down. And that doesn't normally create motivation. Talking shit to ourselves isn't a great strategy to elicit motivation. So just be aware. Be aware. Second thing I want us to explore together today is identifying when you lose motivation for women. Is it a week before your cycle? Because sometimes, for me, uh, the week before, I have no motivation. There's really just a low-level depression, fatigue. There's a blahness there. There's an invitation to do less. And I try to work with that and honor that as much as I can now. So if I'm unmotivated and it's like three days before I'm going to start my period, you know, I watch TV. I read a book. I don't, I just don't care. I just don't try to be motivated. I don't try to push through it unless I have to, um, because I know that there's going to be a, a different feeling I'm going to have in 72 hours and that I'll have plenty of motivation for three weeks. So noticing when you feel unmotivated and then notice when, when you feel the most motivated during the day. I'm an early morning person. This is I'm recording this at 9.30. This is like my peak time. 
I'm the most motivated right now. It's a great time for me to do creative tasks. It's a great time for me to do things I don't want to do. So when? Identify the cause and identify the pattern. And then how can you stop beating yourself up? Let's just take that off the table. In human design, there's lots of different thoughts in this, but some of us have uh, a finite amount of energy we work with and some have infinite that we, they pull from other sources. My specific kind, I have a certain amount of energy. And when that energy is done, I, I have to, if I've expelled it all, I have to go create some more for myself through different practices. When we don't honor that, we go into burnout. Now, a lot of you are coming from burnt out nursing careers in hopes to create a balanced life. And we don't want you building a nurse coaching practice that burns you out either. It's really honoring this. Now, before I talk about how to cultivate motivation or how to work with motivation or how to have some agency over this feeling of being motivated, um, I would like to tell you the definition of motivation. I like definitions. They're helpful. Okay. I'm going to read this to you guys. So motivation is a psychological state or driving force that initiates, directs, and sustains goal-oriented behavior. We have inner and external, external stimulus that prompts individuals to take action, work towards specific objectives, and persist in their efforts to achieve these goals. We have intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic comes from within. Extrinsic comes from external places. Um, it's worth noticing what you're motivated by. One of these <laughs> that I think people are too afraid to say out loud, which I'm not, is money. Are you motivated by money? I am. I like earning money. It's really fun to earn money. So if an action that I take could result in earning money, that's an external motivation. It's extrinsic. And I leverage that. That's great. Some other ones, recognition, praise. These are kind of those egoic, extrinsic. Hey, if you're aware of them, you can use them in a really healthy way. You want to add a girl from your lead mentor? Awesome. I like that. I like getting praise from my, my mentors. So thinking about my coaching call next week and actions that I want to take because I want to come to the call and subconsciously I want my coach to say, good job. I use that. It's not enough. And it's not the only reason, but I'm aware of that. It's really helpful to me to, to use that. And then intrinsic motivation is like personal enjoyment, satisfaction, loving the activity itself, um, find, finding joy. This is, this burns cleaner for me. If I can really, if I'm unmotivated, I can really get into a mindset of serving my clients, the joy of serving them that will carry me always. I can access it. It's just always available to me for coaching calls. It's not available to me for marketing stuff or admin stuff, um, but for coaching, for serving, for fulfilling my, my products that I sell. Uh, the joy of transformation and facilitating transformation is always enough for me to show up and be motivated during my calls. So just take a moment and think about what internal 
types of motivation you can access that don't have anything to do with the outside world, just from inside of you. It's so great. It's so great to have that, to have access to that. Also being aware of all the externals and creating as many external hits as you can to help propel you forward. Okay. One of the principles or ideas I wanted to talk about as well is that we don't need to be motivated to take action. It just feels better. So that's where kind of discipline comes in. Discipline is doing something you don't want to do with no motivation. Building the capacity to do things you don't want to do with no motivation. We have to have some of that. It's just not enough. Our whole practice and our whole life can't feel like that. That wouldn't be very fun. But there will be days you don't feel like doing anything, but you do it. Moms, dads, we do this with our kids. There's lots of times we do things because we have to, not because we want to. And your business is no different. Um, So creating some kind of discipline and or routine so that when life lifes, I have a little bit of a cold right now. Um, I could have stayed in bed longer. I didn't. I got up to record this podcast because when life lifes, having some sort of routine creates the motivation that we need to step forward and do what we need to do in our business. Now, one of my favorite ways to find motivation for creative endeavors, anything related to coaching is the book, A Shift in Being by Leon Vanderpool. Don't buy it if you're going to hire us because we buy it for you. He's wonderful. This book's wonderful. If you open that book to any page, if you read the whole page, you're going to find something that inspires you. The whole book uh, is available to you in that way. The other book I love is The Ultimate Coach by Amy Hardison. And it's about Steve Hardison and his life story and lots of different vignettes and testimonials. And I can find inspiration in there. I can also find inspiration in a shift in being. And then really any other spiritual text or coaching text that I'm reading, constantly being plugged into podcasts or to books, not all the time, but 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there can really garner you the motivation you need if you're trying to write posts or you're trying to feel inspired. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ways is to read a passage, reflect on it, contemplate it, and then create from it. I do this for coaching calls. If I'm going to be doing a coaching call and I want to shake it up a bit, I kind of use spirit to guide me to a passage in a book. I'm going to open it actually right now and see what happens. Mm. I opened it right to um, spiritual, religious, and philosophical beliefs impact transformation. So this is what I just opened the book to. And this could be so up my alley. This could be something that I'd write about today if I wanted to create value or posts for, for my practice. I'd use this as a sign. If I didn't know what to write. I would use read it and be inspired by it. So what inspires you guys? And I know that this podcast can be that for a lot of you, which I love. I love that you say, when I don't know what to do, I listen to your podcast. There's something about Shelby, Shelby's voice and your voice that makes me feel like it's going to be okay and we can do this. So we love that this is a, a source of motivation for you guys. Um, but I want you to think about 
what you do when you're not feeling motivated. What do you have in your back pocket? I think that uh, finding inspiration is something really important during this line of work. Um, I often wondered how often do nurse coaches or professional coaches in general need to get away to their own retreat or their own experience to create more uh, depth and inspiration. And I think what I've settled on is something probably quarterly, whether it be a workshop, breathwork session, something out of the ordinary to find your own inspiration, making this part of your business, doing a hike. What, what is it for you and making this part of your business? Um, who's motivated by rewards? I can be. If I think I can win, then I'm really motivated by competition. Uh, we do some kind of gamification in our mentorship with uh, powerful conversations and, and different things um, as just a, a form of motivation as a game of seeing how many things you can do or how much you can do. I think that uh, in CrossFit, the, the timer is a motivator, you know, trying to beat your own time having some measured metrics that you can work through yourself to, to try to beat, to be better than, that's really helpful. And then rewarding yourself. Hmm. I'm not, hmm, I'm not really motivated by rewards. I can't think of any. Hmm. I mean, like winning a competition would be motivating to me but not like getting something it wouldn't be as motivating to me. Uh, so checking in here, do you get motivated by rewarding yourself? Is there a way to write yourself a check if you hit a certain amount of powerful conversations and you can spend it on whatever you want? Getting support, looping in your colleagues, your small group or your mentor or your coach, so helpful, right? And asking them to ask you can be really helpful. Now, in mentorship, we spend the first six months tapping into motivating you, pushing, helping to motivate, using all different types of things to help you get momentum. And then we usually spend the back six half, the month, the back end, the back six months pulling away to help you begin to build some more intrinsic forms of motivation because you're, it's required to be a successful entrepreneur. We can't source out all of our motivation to other people when we are self-employed. We have to, to build that intrinsic aspect. And if you think about it as an employee, a lot of our motivation is financial, like working hours or working overtime. And a lot of our motivation is fear of dis being disciplined, of being on time, of hitting like KPIs. Like These are all things our employer puts on us to motivate us, to do good work for them. And then as entrepreneurs, we don't have that. That's all taken away. And we have to create some more intrinsic forms and really getting familiar with what our intrinsic forms are. Now, getting yeses to coaching and getting large sums of money is very motivating to our clients, to us, right? Like that's one of the few big, that's one of the first big payoffs that you experience. Uh, I think every professional coach will have a, a time period where they can reflect where they sold coaching and it seems to be working and they have their first big month, like a real money month, like a not, a not a hobby money month, but like enough money that they could live on. 
and it's something goes off in their brain. It says, this is insane that I can help people change their lives, doing what I love, using my gift and paying my bills. It's like something unlocks. So we try to give you external motivation to get you to that. But the first few times that happens, that's a pretty big motivator because you're learning how to live your life on your own terms. And you're starting to get glimpses of that freedom that you want. Distractions. Mm, I have a great story about distractions. My husband's going to like this. Uh, in nursing school, uh, my first year of nursing school, I was 30 years old. I had been laid off for my construction gig, went back to school and went to a private nursing school, all on loans. So crazy. And um, I had been engaged and I called off my engagement my first quarter of nursing school, moved back in with my parents, sold my car, uh, bought like a kind of an older car, just humble pie, like tail between the legs, humble pie, was probably never going to get to have kids, didn't have a job yet, living at my parents at 30. Uh, it was tough, but I'll tell you one thing. I was freaking focused on nursing school. It's all I had. It's all I, it's all I did. It was great until I met my husband. So I met my husband, I think third quarter or third, uh, third semester, like a year later. And I couldn't stop thinking about him. I thought I daydreamed about him all day long, all night long. It was so pleasant. It was so wonderful. Got my worst grades uh, that semester in that, that beginning phase. And it was wonderful. It was totally worth it. But he was definitely a distraction in my brain. So noticing what are some distractions that you know you have? Um, let's talk about distractions like kids. We, I hear this all the time. I just need some quiet so I can think because my kids, I'm working out of my home office. My kids are young. I hear them crying. They want me all the time. Yes, all distractions are not things we have control over. And we, I love my kids and they can also be very distracting. Being aware of that and creating like non-distracted time through your own actions. I rented an office because my kids were one or two and three and they cried a lot. I had a wonderful nanny and the nanny loved them and they were being taken care of. Uh, but I could not concentrate if I heard my daughter or my son crying, especially if it sounded like they were hurt. I just couldn't concentrate. Um, not at that stage. I don't know if I could do it now. Um, so I created a dist distraction-free place marker my first year to go to, which is really, really helpful. Um, people can do this at going to coffee shops to do all their outreach, talking to your partners, enlisting family members to help, hiring help. But how do we remove some of the distractions that interfere with the motivation that it takes to do some of these tasks that we ask you to do that are scary? And this is my last big one here. Practicing self-compassion. Oh, man. Hmm. I have so much more compassion for Laura today than I did my whole life. I was so hard on her. Oh, the way I talked to her, the way I treated her. I wouldn't do that to any human being. I was so unkind to her. 
And now I have so much compassion for her. Yesterday, I had a pretty bad cold, came on suddenly, and I laid in bed all day long. <clears throat> and my kids wanted me. And I kind of felt bad that my, we were at my parents' house. And uh, I went out and I gave the kids hugs. And I said, I am so sorry, mommy can't spend Sunday with you today. Sorry, I can't go to church. I'm not feeling well and I'm going to take care of myself. And I had no guilt. And I showed my kids what it looks like to take care of yourself. Because if you have guilt the whole time that you're taking care of yourself, that's not really a great role model. And kids can sense guilt. So how can we create more compassion and self-compassion for you in this process? Like really becoming aware of how our inner dialogue is within ourselves, about ourselves. And this is what we'll be doing the whole year in the mentorship. You'll be doing this constantly once you find, once you're in this field, self-awareness, mindfulness around our own thoughts and our own ways of talking to ourselves, it gets really crystal clear. And you'll have more motivation through kindness than through, Laura, you're a lazy piece of shit. Look at you. You're doing it again. Instead of, Laura, enjoy today. Watch whatever you want. Take a nap. And you're going to feel great tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be such a better day. This is so nice that you get to rest. You're very blessed that your family is supporting you in this right now. Talk to yourself like you talk to your own daughter or your own son or a pet even. I think that a lot of our motivation goes out the window with thought errors and different self-talk programs that we can run. They get really loud as an entrepreneur. Call yourself out in your community. If you're being an asshole to yourself, tell everybody how you're doing that. I think when we speak things into existence out loud in front of other people, the shame goes away, the secrets go away, and we begin to heal. So as long as you feel safe, which we try to create very safe containers of groups of people for you to be in, share. Share that I have no motivation. I don't even want to be a coach. I just want to quit. Even if you feel like that, share it. And you'll probably end up in a giggle with a plan to move forward without the weight of it all damn day on you. Come do it for free in our Facebook group too, if you feel safe. Motivation is not required to take action. Figuring out what your internal and external motivators are is so helpful. Coming up with a plan to cultivate motivation when it's slipping and self-compassion when it's not there. My mentor said, the best thing to do when you're feeling burnt out, I was telling him I was feeling burnt out. He said, do exactly the opposite. So if you've been doing a, a bunch of something, um, you can do this with diet, you can do this with anything. You're really burnt out on something. Do the opposite. Indulge in the opposite until that is satisfied and it'll bring you back into alignment. He has a funny story about how he ate pizza 10 days in a row because he doesn't ever eat pizza but he was burnt out on eating healthy, I think. And he said he just ate pizza 10 days in a row. And now he doesn't want pizza anymore. And he never does it. And he's not worried about it. He just knows if he does the opposite, that it'll go away, that it corrects. <laughs> that. Love the permission to be imperfect. 
So if you're feeling really freaking unmotivated and all you want to do, whatever your brand of this is, you just want to go for a hike by yourself, no kids, you want to listen to podcasts or your book that you've been waiting to, then cancel your workday and go do that. And if it's not completely filled up, plan another, do it again, because there'll come a moment where that doesn't sound good anymore and you're, you're, you're wanting to work on the thing. All right. That's my, the end of my motivation talk for today. I think the, uh, the intention I have for each of you hearing this is a feeling of relief that you, that I'm not telling you to push through, go harder, do more, be more. There's, there's a place for that. I love that too. Um, but from a sustainability, from a holistic standpoint, exploring you, what motivates you, what to do when you're not feeling motivated. And for the love of God, stop beating yourself up. All right, guys, come play in our Facebook group. Come to our next workshop. Just come, come hang with us. We love hanging out with you guys. I think our next workshop will probably be a hundred nurse coaches or more from all over the country, all doing the same thing you are. And we welcome you. See you later.